Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. Got a lot of water out there this week, so I called around, talked to the guys, kind of see what kind of shape we're in. I called up to the Grand Ridge area, talked to John Walter, and said they're in that three and a half to five and a half inch range up there, probably mostly in that four and a half on average. They were lucky not to pick up any rain uh, last night, so situation where they could be back in first part of next week. About 80% done planted with corn up there, little to no corn emerged, so most of it is still in the ground. Uh, there was, after the four and a half inches of rain, he said, a number of ponds out there, so they're going to have to see what happens there. Only about 10% planted on the soybean side. Uh, talked to Fred Budd over at Donovan Co-op. Uh, they received in the, in the big rain event from one and a half to two inches, only received about another inch last night. Uh, so probably in a little bit better shape. Corn about 70% planted, beans in that 10 to 20% range there as well. Uh, Mark over at Sun Ag, talking about four and a half to five and a half inches, picked up only three and a half to five tenths uh, last night. Uh, again, 95% planted on the corn, a lot of corn up, about 25% planted on the beans. So again, waiting for the water to subside there itself. Down in the uh, uh, Winchester, New Berlin area, um, guys were picking up six and a half inches through the big event, picked up another inch to inch and a half last night, uh, and, and in New Berlin, five inches on the big event, picked up another inch last night, a lot of ponds in that New Berlin area, most corn is up in the B3 stage, um, in yellow, and a lot of that one underwater, of course, in the ponds itself. Uh, at the five inch, as the water came down and picked up another inch and a half last night, went back underwater again itself. As we look across it itself, uh, the guys down in Tuscola area, again picking up four, four and a half inches of rain through the big event. They did pick up three inches of rain last night. So that's between almost eight inches of rain that these guys are dealing with in the last eight days. About 75% of the corn is planted. Um, and probably a big percentage of that is up itself and not so far along uh, as far as the beans themselves go. Um, here again, the, the big question comes in, what kind of shape are we in? You know, here in, in uh, Hayworth, we, we only picked up two inches on the big event, picked up about seven tenths last night. Uh, I expect that we'll, if the forecast holds, we might be back in by Tuesday, Wednesday in that scenario. But where does this, all this water and these untraditional cold temperatures put us? Again, in my experience, when we're dealing with the cold temperatures, um, it's a situation where it's actually a blessing in disguise uh, to some extent uh, as far as it slows down the respiration rate on this corn. As I've been out looking at, at some of this crop and trying to evaluate some of it that's right here at the office, you know, the corn at up is yellow. Some of it you can't even tell. It's up until you get out in the field because uh, the color is uh, so light. Uh, the rest of the corn that I've been digging is germed in the soil. So we do have a sprout on it and uh, some activity there. Um, but things are going to change pretty slow with these temperatures because the respiration rate on this corn is very uh, slow itself. So, you know, we think about... Uh, the speed that this corn is developing, well, this corn is more or less in a coma. Uh, it's kind of at a standstill.
takes about 150 to 190 soil heat units to get corn out of the ground. We can sit here and look at some of this crop and say, man, it's been two weeks have passed and we just still don't have that corn up. But in the corn's life, when we talk about soil heat units, it's only been, let's say, three days. So this corn is just basically at a standstill right now. I expect most of these stands to be all right. But the longer that we stay in the ground, the more risks that we pick up from disease and insect damage. Um, so the longer it takes to get out, the more risk we do of losing some plants. Assuming that we didn't have any seed chilling. If we ended up with a lot of seed chilling while we're swelling in that cold water, that type of thing, then uh, the stand could be in trouble uh, from the gate itself. But with the corn germinated and sitting there, again, it's kind of like in a, in a coma stage. Uh, and, it, and it keeps uh, the, the plant probably in a better condition. So when we're talking about cold weather and saturated fields like we are, especially to the south, um, it's actually a good thing to be cool because I've seen corn in this coma state survive five days underwater completely submerged. If we had soil temperatures in the mid-70s, and the corn was submerged, it'd be about 48 hours and we'd be in trouble. The plant would be respirating too much and it would die fairly quickly. So again, in my experience with these cold temperatures, um, you know, corn can survive better if it's not emerged, not out of the soil. The opposite is true in warm conditions. So if the corn has emerged and it goes underwater, it can survive better than corn that's left in the soil when the soil's warm. So right now, everything is just kind of on an idle. No matter what the temperature is, though, corn that's emerged and has went underwater a couple of times will be subject to crazy top. So we're going to expect to see some crazy top issues uh, develop from there. Question has been actually a couple times this morning is how much yield are we giving up? You know, what's, what's the prognosis for a good crop yet to come? The seed that I don't have planted yet, is it better off in the bag or better off in the ground? Well, there's no way to know at this point. You know, it's only May 4th. I look back in our plot planting book uh, and kind of see uh, how we were doing in 2014 with some rougher conditions there to get started. And in 2014, we were actually just getting started uh, in the plot program itself, meaning that uh, we did a lot of corn planting uh, after May 4th on 2014, and it produced some of our largest uh, plot trial yields that we saw, some over 300 bushel, if you remember, uh, from the plot work that we had from 2014. But no doubt, uh, some of this is going to need to be replanted. Next week brings some serious stand evaluations. We're going to have to get out there and to make some decisions uh, about what we really did end up with or going to end up with in a stand. The main thing here is we're going to have to react quicker uh, to this because we have a lot of options that are still open to us. You know, if we look at planting dates up through May 15th, uh, we can expect 100 to 95% of the actual yield. Or last year, after the Mother's Day Massacre, we were making decisions at the end of May, and then our options are kind of somewhat um, slimmer to work with. So as we go out there, and I know we got a bean crop to finish planting and that type of thing, but we do need to make sure we're keeping an eye on what is planted and, and not give up the opportunity to fix some problems out there. If we're going to replant, we're going to go earlier than later. We want to take full advantage of 
um, the fact that it's, again, only May 4th. With this pattern that we have out there is why we had to quit planting beans early in April. Because this is a textbook year for sudden death issues and, and our water molds that would take out our bean stands itself. So this should be another good year to test our uh, seed treatments, especially our treatments for sudden death uh, that we already have planted itself. Now some guys got brave and threw beans in the ground without sudden death treatment. Um, based on the 10-day forecast at that time, didn't look too bad. Now again, as the forecast changed, some of those fields are going to be challenged in itself. So we still need to keep an eye on the bean stands, but we got a lot of room there to go back and replant bean stands if we need to itself. A lot of the wheat will be approaching a growth stage 10-5-1 or flowering next week. So it's time to start thinking about our scab treatments. Um, looking at some of this wheat, it's probably going to be some of it going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Thursday time frame when we start seeing the anthers poke out. Some of it will be into next weekend, but it's time to start looking at your wheat fields there beside when you're going to do your scab treatment uh, on it itself. Cutworm, we predict, will start feeding this weekend uh, based on our first cutworm flights that came back through there on April 8th. So it is, again, we talked about it last time, but it is time to scout. Now, one of the problems with the corn that's emerged, that's in a coma, as we say, it growing very slow, this will allow the cutworm to cut more plants per cutworm. So situation, don't let this fool you because a lot of these fields, you can't tell they're emerged till you walk out in them. They're so white and yellow. But as it's time to start looking for, you know, shot hole feeding and clip plants, uh, again, we expect that to, to show up by the weekend and into next week. And that's only the first flight or the first round of flight. We now need to continue to monitor for cutworm uh, basically from here on out and down the road, we'll have to look at armyworm because the armyworm flight is stronger than we expected as well. So we don't want to, we don't want to leave money on the table, uh, by uh, walking away. And with all this rain, of course, we have moved some of our soil applied insecticides deeper in the soil, making it a little harder for them to help us manage the cutworm. Again, remember cutworm are easy to clean up. We're talking mainly again about issues with the chickweed, the henbit, the cover crops, that would have put habitat out there um, for the for the cutworm to be into itself. So I look at the forecast and I'd like to say that it's looking good from here. The 10-day forecast doesn't have a lot of good uh, low temperatures in it. I think I only saw three or four days above 50. Hopefully that'll change, but it does look like uh, we do have some drying out to do. So we all need to be ready. This time around when we get in, we need to uh, uh, get this corn finished up, make some decisions on the replant side, and then get ready to start rolling on the soybeans. A couple guys called and talked about wanting to hit those beans hard when they get back in and the possibility of pulling 2,4-D out of their burn down. I'm going to warn you to be very careful there because these mares tail have already bolted and they're going to be hard to kill even with the 2,4-D, almost impossible without it. So it depends on how good you are at combining the mares tail uh, in the fall, what you want to do. But in my opinion, I would leave it in. There's too many weeds you're going to miss out there. And remember the grass is already off and running too. So we need to clean them up. So hope that helps. Keep her safe. Keep her moving.